Hello, I'm Rod Studd. Welcome along to the latest edition of On The Wire, the official podcast of the PDC. As the race to qualify for the semi-finals of the Premier League hots up, we talk to Ronnie Baxter and Simon Whitlock, who are both scrapping for a place in that all-important top four. Rod Harrington joins me for his take on the tournament, and we hear from Wes Newton after his win in the Players' Championship at Wigan last weekend. And also from Wayne Mardle on his quest to regain the form that made him one of the most popular figures on the dart circuit. The Premier League qualification race is incredibly tight. Phil Taylor has already guaranteed his spot in the semis and Mervyn King looks like joining him. But Simon Whitlock, James Wade and Ronnie Baxter are all on 11 points in the race to qualify. Wade and Baxter meet in Aberdeen this Thursday. So let's get the Rockets' thoughts on what looks like a crucial clash. Ronnie, it's been terrific to watch the Premier League and it's so exciting this race for the, uh, the top four. Um, how do you see your position at the minute with three rounds to go and how tough is it going to be to stay in the top four? It's going to be extremely tough. Uh, the three games I've got left uh, is uh, Eddie and Wadey and, um, and Barney as well. I mean, it's not Yuli and Dewey, is it? Like, not the three ducks, <laughs> like, so I'm just going to like, get on with it and uh, I've got to pick my game up. Uh, Terry, Terry was, Terry's game was, uh, was terrible for me. Uh, Terry, obviously, is coming off bad game and yeah. he's, he's got the confidence back again. But, um, yes, it's going to be tough for me. I'm, I'm holding fourth at the moment. But um, um, three of us are on the same point, so every point counts and yeah. every leg as well. Yeah, I'm sure, as you know, people are looking at it and say, you know, Ronnie Baxter will drop out of that top four. You keep, cause you keep getting written off. People keep writing off. Do you enjoy that? Do you, do you like it when people like Rod Aaron to say you're not going to, you know, Ronnie well, will lose Well, of course I do. It's like uh, it just gives me a little bit more beef. Like, mm. I mean, I should be in this position in the first place, never mind. Uh, I should be in the I should be in the back seat at the moment, just uh, driving everybody forward. But I'm not, and I'm there, and I'm living, and um, it's up to me to uh, bring out the uh, the spoils. Yeah, you, you've proved very difficult to beat in the competition, haven't you? I mean, I, I know Taylor's beaten you, but I mean he's beaten everybody bar one. But I mean, so you, you've made made yourself very difficult to beat. Has that kind of been a, a game plan? That's a game plan. Whoever you are, yeah. you always make it a lot harder for you to get beat. Like so. Um, well, yeah, everyone does that. James Wade coming up, as you said. Um, he's shown a lot of uh, improvement. I mean, the first three weeks, he was, by his own admission, was dreadful. But he has picked his game up when he's needed to, hasn't he? He's had to. And he's uh, lying the same points as me mm. now. So it's all about um, that, old, that odd one point or even the two. Yeah. You get the two and uh, you're virtually guaranteed that semi-final place. But it's three games, not two. So we've just got to look at the Thursday and uh, see what's going on. Is it difficult to avoid trying to work out permutations in your head, like if I do that and he does that and he does the other, then I'll be here, there or everywhere? I mean, is it, is it difficult to concentrate on just like what is essentially just you know winning each match at a time? No, it's not difficult, you just got to win. And Lewis and Barnevold, the other two matches you mentioned. Um, you know, people might look at Barney and say, well, daft as it sounds, that, that could be a banker for you, that you know, would have been playing so poorly. Uh, yeah, but then he, and people were saying Terry was a banker the way he was throwing, yeah. but he came out all firing last week and uh, it upset me a little bit. But um, I'm still in there fourth, like I said. It's all about points now and and even legs. Yeah, and just assess what, how big an achievement it would be for you to, to qualify for the semi-finals, bearing in mind the quality of the opposition. You know, would it rank up there with you know some of the other achievements in the game, like getting to world finals and stuff like that? Is it that tough now the competition? Of course it is. I mean, just being here today in the uh, in the UK Open, it's um, it's big, and uh, you, you only have to make one 
maybe two. I mean, one, one, sometimes it's just one mistake and that's all you've got to do. I mean, when I played um, Adrian Lewis last time, uh, I, missed, I missed two points there in the last two legs. The 68 out, two darts, yeah. and then three darts at all top, 2.8. I, I would have been second now if I got them two legs. But it wasn't to be, and um, uh, James actually missed three darts at double ten at me, yeah. and he gave me the draw in that way. It gave me that that edge to fight back and get the draw. Um, so, but everyone wins, everyone loses. Darts, you just don't know when somebody's going to miss or somebody's going to hit, but you can feel it. But sometimes it doesn't happen. Simon Whitlock has to be one of the big success stories of the 2010 Premier League and he's still in with every chance of reaching the semi-finals with three qualification rounds left. The Wizard boy me to reflect on his prospects and first we look back on last Thursday's thriller against Phil Taylor. Um, Simon, first of all, um, can we just reflect back on the game against Phil Taylor? Now, obviously I know you lost the game, but can you still enjoy playing in a match like that of such a high standard even though the result doesn't go your way? Yeah, I thought I played fantastic that night. I just didn't have any uh, chances. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing game of darts. The, the, the standard all the way through was just exceptional. When you're up there, do you realise how good a game it is you're involved in? Yeah, it felt fantastic. You know, Phil was on his game and so was I, but he just seemed to pull the big ones out when he had to. Yeah, and that, that big one at the end must have been a bit of a signal when, when he goes, you know, bull out to bull, bull. I mean, what, what's it like standing behind that? Yeah, no, it's pretty horrible because, you know, you know he's got a good chance of hitting it. Yeah, and you were on a shot at the time, weren't you, I think? Yeah, I was on 76 when he did that. Yeah. Um, the Premier League still, you know, that result aside, has been pretty successful for you. Are you pleased with the way things have gone so far? You're, you're up there in the race for qualification. Yeah, the first half I sort of struggled and didn't feel as I belong there, but into the second half of the... The rounds, I'm feeling very comfortable and confident now. It's a, it's a very tight race if you take Phil Taylor off the, the equation. I mean, the, the rest of you are in a real scrap for those second, third and fourth, aren't you? Yeah, it's really close. It's going to come down to the last week now. Yeah. And uh, I think the next couple of weeks are very important to a lot of players. I think you play Adrian Lewis next time up, don't you? Um, how do you see that one? I mean, I mean, obviously they're all very tough games, aren't they? But, I mean, he didn't play so well last week. But you you can't read too much into that. No, it's just, you know, one week at a time. Your, your form goes up and down week yeah. to week, sort of, and uh, it's hard to know what you're going to do each week, really. Yeah, I guess it's quite hard to prepare, isn't it? Because, I mean, you, you know, you, you go up there just to play one game and, and go out again. I mean, how, how do you prepare for a, sort of a, a one match which is only going to be 14 legs at the, at the most? Yeah, it's very hard. You just, I don't know, I just keep doing the same things. I get there, like, four hours before and I practice for four hours and, and that sort of works for me. But it's, I think that a lot of it's to do with confidence. Yeah. Tell us a bit about your practice as well, because people have made a lot about this, Simon, that you just keep practising out shots. Is that, is that actually what you do, or are people sort of uh, you know, reading too much into it? I mean, do you bother practising scoring, or is it all you know, 140 out shots, 170 out shot, 156 out shot, or whatever it is? No, it's more just doubles. I just practise yeah. my doubles around the board and, and do that for three hours, and then I'll do a little bit on the 20s after. Yeah. Works, doesn't it? It's working so far. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell us about uh, the, the floor tournaments as well, because um, you know people will see you up on the stage in the Premier League and the World Championship and stuff. They, they, they won't get the chance to see you in the floor tournaments, which you know these are really tough to win, and you must be immensely proud with what you've managed to achieve over the last few weeks. Yeah, these are extremely hard to win. There's so many quality players yeah. in here. You know, there's uh, over 128 players every single tournament, and they're absolutely so hard to win. There's, there's just quality every single match. Yeah, we're talking at Wigan now, and it's quarter to five um, they start about noon don't they generally I mean this is a sort of a six seven eight hour project where you're going to be on your feet for a lot of it I mean just, just explain how hard that is for a darts player 
It's very hard. I mean, you're on your feet for, you know, you could be on your feet for six, eight hours and it's very hard and you need to be fit at this game and people don't realise that. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's the mental side of it as well, isn't it? I mean, how tough is that? Because you're playing and do you try and switch off completely when you're in between games? How do you go about your business? Yeah, basically in between games you just um, practice and then sit down if and then just sort of judge when you've got to play, just get on the practice boards in between and, and, and warm up when you know you're going to be on. Yeah. And just finally, I mean, we spoke before when the start of the Premier League about you know, you've come across obviously to, to stay in the UK now. I mean, how have you managed to settle in? How are you finding uh, life at this wonderful country in the United Kingdom <laughs> as opposed to down under? Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. It's taken me a couple of months to yeah. settle in and, and uh, find my feet again and, and now I'm starting to play really good darts again. So it's been, it's been a tough journey. So those are the views of two of the Premier League players. Let's have a chat now with our regular on-the-wire pundit, Rod Harrington, who will give us his thoughts on who will qualify. And after Steve Davis's heroics at the World Snooker Championship at the age of 52, there are those calling for a comeback from the Prince of Style. Rod revealed all when I spoke to him. Rod, let's start by talking about the Premier League. And um, we're right at the business end of it now. There's three games or three rounds of matches left. And it's really tight for qualification. In fact, the only guy we can write off is Barney. So... Does that show the real strength and depth of the competition, do you think? Well, obviously we've got the top eight players in the world, but I, I, I honestly think that uh, the reason that it's closed up a lot is because certain players have not been playing as well as what they have done other years. You know, normally you're always going to get Phil taking the points out of the system. Um, but in the previous years, you've also had Raymond Barnvelt doing it and James Wade. So the rest of the players were always fighting for that fourth spot. But uh, as we can see, Raymond is, can't qualify now. He's had a real rough patch. Um, James Wade had a rough patch the first four or five, well, probably the first half of the season. So it has given other players, you know, a better chance of getting in the top four. You know, dark horses like Ronnie Baxter, I mean, to be quite honest. And, uh, you know, Ronnie's been a ton man all his life for 30 years. Now, all of a sudden, he's upped his scoring, he's taking chances out. Ronnie Baxter doesn't bottle it, so when he gets a chance, he takes it. So, you know, in depth, it's been a lot closer uh, because of them points, I think. Yeah, Phil Taylor's already qualified, as you rightly say. Three places up for grabs. Who do you think in three weeks' time will be saying uh, in the semi-final alongside Phil Taylor? Well, definitely Mervyn King. I think uh, he's probably got both feet in the Premier League semi-finals already. And I think Wadey will, because I've seen a marked improvement in his form in it. And I think Simon Whitlock. I think Simon Whitlock has been a breath of fresh air to the Premier League. Uh, and his shots out are incredible. I mean, he practices all the time on doubles. He does not practice on trebles at all, only on his shots out combination. And it's proven, he, you know, he's another player that doesn't bottle it. If he's playing Phil Taylor or, or playing me, it wouldn't. he doesn't get rattled, you know. Uh, You'd it, rattle him, wouldn't you? Well, I'd rattle him, but I'd kick him, I think. <laughs> the only way it would stop him or Phil Taylor, you know, because my ability certainly wouldn't get near him nowadays. But, uh, no, he has been a breath of fresh air to it. And, of course, the other, you know, the flip side of it is now that Australia yeah. take the Premier League. Yeah. Just on that, I mean, uh, how much of a difference has he made? And, and also, uh, you know, Paul Nicholson, as well as still flying under the Australian flag. I mean, that, that's a, a very important market for the PDC in the world of darts, isn't it? It's huge. Any any new region that we can go to and, and promote the darts and, and get the TV involved is a major plus because, you know, the PDC have to move this sport worldwide because we, we'd die if we just stayed in Great Britain. And uh, they took the semi-final and final of the World Championships because of Simon and now they're taking the Premier League. We was hoping to have a, a tournament, a major tournament down in, in, in Aussie in uh, August, but I think that's been put back a year, you know, more because of the recession TV, what's happening with TV. But certainly next year we will be looking to, to do that and 
and you know once you get the TV in a country, you know then it starts to move, and you're going to have you know the dark company's going to have more sales, so that brings in more revenue. Sponsors then will look at you there for thinking it's a vehicle for advertising, and uh, yeah, it will work the same with Germany. You know we've got the first live tournament in Germany, uh, the European Championships, and I see Germany's a huge growth. Just on Simon Whitlock, just finally on Simon, um, we've seen many great games, not just in the Premier League, but in all the other tournaments on Sky Sports. But um, just sum up how good that game between uh, Taylor and Whitlock the other night was. I mean, it was a wonderful game to watch. Yeah, I mean, they're both class players, we know that. And uh, when you look at the stats like we do, and we try to analyse who's going to win, who's going to lose, the Premier League near on throws them out the window uh, week on week. But the interesting thing is Phil Taylor, nearly in every game in the Premier League, before the break, he's only been thrown a 90 to a 92 average where Simon Whitlock has always had his strongest part of the game in them first six legs. So if Whitlock could have gone in 3 all, maybe even 4-2 up, he's going to get a result. But he knew that Phil Taylor was going to come out all guns are blazing like he always does in the back end of the game. And just a couple of shots out, I mean, the 125 to finish it when Simon was on a shot, I mean, that was incredible. You know, a 94 that Simon Whitlock took out where he had to throw the dart harder to push the flight out of the way to get at the bullseye. It was incredible. You know, people who, who don't really know about darts don't possibly realise how good a shot that was. Uh, but it was a high-scoring game, you know, and the, the crowd loved it. And, and as an ex-player, you know, I could be a sourpuss, but I love watching great games of darts you know and them two going at it and I honestly believed I said at the top of the show for Sky I thought that Simon would get a draw out of it uh, last week you were wrong again (laughs) (laughs) Um, but just interesting what you're saying Rod about uh, Phil Taylor there that hasn't started matches very well why do you think that's happening what do you detect in what he's doing early in games which uh, means he's playing like a mere mortal averaging 90 something as opposed to 100 and something I don't know I, I really I don't go into the practice room and see his practice regime, which that's the only thing you can pick it up. But it is a fact, I think it's every week except for one week, he's not had really much over a 90 average in them first six legs, which is very unusual for Phil. Um, the only person that really has uh, made, made Phil pay for that was Mervyn King. You know, Ronnie Baxter was 4-0 up, ends up losing you know, 8-4 or 8-5. But Mervyn King got a draw out of it, and, and Mervyn King is the solid player outside of Phil of this Premier League. You know, I admire Mervyn King for his professionalism. You don't see him mingle with other players. They're like enemies when you're on the board, so don't get them close to you, you know, when you don't have to. And, you know, one o'clock, you know, on a Premier League day, Mervyn's in there practising and acclimatising. Uh, but to, to analyse Phil, unless you watch his practice regime, perhaps Phil is just, uh, you know, as he's getting older, perhaps he's taking longer for the old motor to get running. I mean, you know, it does happen. It happens certainly with uh, Dennis Priestley and Eric and even myself. So perhaps that is, you know, you never know. Perhaps Phil is getting contented a little bit, you know, and then all of a sudden he realises after the break, blimey, if I don't look out here, I could lose. And then all of a sudden, you know, because after the break, it is noticeable that he's up to about 110 average for them last few legs. And I just wanted to get your thoughts also on James Wade because he is probably going to be the first boat that's, you know, lost his first three games and still managed to qualify. Because, I mean, if you're giving the other guys three-game start at the start of a 14-game season, it, it's quite tough. He, Something's clicked there. He, he, he's doing. He's either woken up and decided that he needs to start playing better, or someone's told him that. Do, do you detect that he's raised his game? Definitely. You know, his scoring's upped. Um, he's starting to hit the doubles a little bit better. Although the double top and double ten, which were his bankers, of mm-hmm. uh, uh, certainly not there. I think Jamie's he's a lovely lad and a young lad and, uh, you know, he's earning lots of money, he's getting the fame and the fortune and, you know, when you're in front of 7,000 people like we were in Liverpool, you can't but help, love it, you know. And as a young man, I just put it down to, you know, 
something that young people do and they just lose their concentration, lose their way a little bit, and then all of a sudden they click back into gear. He's like a Ronnie O'Sullivan, you know. Um, some days he turns up, it ain't going to work, but when he does turn up and it works, boy, is he, he's a great player and a great player to watch. And uh, I don't predict him right many times, but I did predict about six weeks ago that I would put James in the top four. You know, the other person, you know, alongside Jamie is uh, Adrian Lewis, and uh, he's been very disappointed over the last few weeks. And Terry Jenkins has probably been, for me, the most disappointing player in the Premier League because, you know, a class player, seven major TV finals, and uh, just doesn't look nowhere near the player he was a few years ago. Yeah, just finally, you mentioned Ronnie O'Sullivan there, and obviously the snooker's on at the moment, and uh, we've just seen Steve Davis produce magnificent uh, uh, performance against John Higgins to win at the age of 52. Now, I mean, people are saying to me, now, come on, have a word with Rod Harrington. He, he can still, he, if Davis can do it, Harrington can do it. Now, you know, do you think you could roll back the years, Rodney, and still do it on the big stage? That's a good question. The answer to that is absolutely no. <laughs> I've got no interest at the moment of picking up darts. I haven't literally picked them up for five years. Um, to dedicate myself to putting the hours in, I don't think it's in me anymore. And I suppose really I'm enjoying my life too much. I've got no pressure. I love what I'm doing. I go up there in front of 7,000 people and... Perhaps most people would say I talk a load of rubbish, um, but I've got a great job with Sky, my job with the PDC to help take the game forward playing-wise, that's, that's my aim, um, is great. And, uh, you know, I suppose the DRA would like me to uh, start playing again because I could fund them probably all year, so it'd save other people, you know, because the, the antics I did get up to at times, you know, um, and that's all changed. But no, I, I think at this moment in time, I'm probably enjoying my life too much to to worry about pressures that I don't have to worry about. And uh, I'll just settle for watching the game at admire. And there is one thing that I have really realised since I've packed up is I admire the players for what they have to do to earn their money, to go up there in front of these big crowds and do it under all that pressure and noise. They've got bottle. I mean, I did it. You know, my records prove that I did it. But I didn't really know what I was doing to, to be able to do it. Now I look at these players and I admire them for, for the bottle they've got, that's for sure. It's been a torrid time for the ever-popular Wayne Mardle, last seen on our TV screens losing at the World Championship to Ihan Artut. Mardle is now on the comeback trail and Rod Harrington caught up with Hawaii 501 and the pair talked about the bout of mumps that laid Mardle low around about this time last year. Was that the key factor in his poor run of form? Well, I'm Rod Harrington and uh, we're at Wigan this weekend and I'm speaking to Wayne Mardle who's uh, been through a bit of a rough patch. Uh, you know, it started in the middle of last year's Premier League, Wayne. Well, yeah, I was, I was feeling a bit rough with, with mumps, to be honest, but then uh, it coincided with, with a lack of form. And I'm just starting literally the last three or four weeks to, to get some, something back. Now, you're one of the players that really does react with the crowd. You live on your, you know, you bounce about. Do you think that because of the illness and, and the lack of form, you've lost a bit of bounce, so it may be harder to get that form back as quick as what you may have thought it would have been? Definitely, yeah. yeah as you said, I, I rely on, I feed off of people. And if I'm not, not giving myself a G up, then why, why should they be geeing me up as, as well? So, as I said, the last couple of weeks, I've, I've had a, not sort of a change of heart, but I've been playing well. And I'm, I've not been giving up and I've been fighting and fighting and uh, the way my luck's going, I need to fight. And yeah, I've, I, I do react off people, but the bottom line is me doing it. Because if I'm doing it, then they, they react off me. Now, I, I would say, I don't 
not been detrimental other dart players you, to me you are one of the, the intelligent dart players where you analyse your game and we've talked a lot even like this morning do you feel sometimes that perhaps you can over analyse something that is actually a very simple game definitely definitely there's no doubt about it darts is one of them games if you look at the likes of I'm going to mention obviously Phil Taylor he just plays he plays. You never see Phil's uh, action change. You never see his, his uh, stance change. You never see anything change because everything plays the same with Phil because his brain makes it that way. Um, with the likes of me, I've never been a thinker um, because I had a lack of form for the last year or so and, and illness as well, which, are, which done me up for, for about sort of three or four months. So the detriment of my game where I actually was standing different trying to practice, which is just stupid absolute stupid but now I'm starting to just throw again and if you do that then as you said it can be a very very simple game I mean these tournaments obviously are very very hard you know the, the standard in depth is incredible so is your preparation any different to perhaps what it was a couple of years ago or do you think as you get older you may have to change your preparation to 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 bring yourself forward into the game my preparation now is basically the same as it was four or five years ago when I was, I was turning up reaching final after final because I'm, I know that worked and for me that is, that is playing exhibitions probably one a week, not, not necessarily on a Friday because I, I believe if you play one on a Friday and then you've got Saturday and Sunday tournaments that could be to the detriment of your form, definitely. But I'll do one during the week and I'll keep myself ticking over with practice. I don't overdo it, I might, I might do an hour a day. And for me, that works. So I'm going back to, to four or five years ago when I was, I was world number three. So hopefully that, that can uh, pay dividends again. And as I said before, you're, you're one of the guys that lives on the bounce, as I call it, you know. The passion and the love for the game, is it still there? Or have you missed a little bit of that that you've got to get back? Well, it, it's funny. I, I played in a poker tournament on Friday. And if I qualified for the last 40, and the, the prize money was was 10 times this and uh, I had a chance to get through to the final day and all right, okay it's, it's not professional to as, as a poker player because I'm not I'm a dart player and uh, I decided to come here instead the bottom line is I care so much about this sport and I care so much about the way I'm playing and I want to win so I've got that fight and the minute I lose the the, the want I need to win. As, as Wayne Mardo, I need to win. And if that ever goes, then you'll see me probably jacking overnight. Well, the Premier League is, is the one tournament that every dart player wants to get into. And obviously the Premier League suited you with the, with the different type of crowd. I mean, do you see yourself getting back in the Premier League? What have you got to do to get back in the Premier League? And do you, do you look at this year or perhaps the year after? Is, is that one of the goals? Well, me personally, as you said, I'm, I'm a bounce player. I, re I rely on the crowd to, to pick me up. There's no reason why, if I carry on the way I'm feeling, that a World Championship final is, is not out of the question. And if I get to that final, then I could be in a Premier League. But I want to get there on consistent performances. Me personally, because I've never been a consistent player, but I do feel like I'm playing decent darts now. I really do. And I want to get there... But I want to get there my way. I don't want to get there having one good tournament. As I said, like the, the World Championship final would probably see me through. But I want to get there being in the top six. And can I get there? I've been there for 
I've been in the top plate for the last 10 years. So there's no reason why I can't be in it again. Okay, mate. Thanks very much. Cheers, boy. Top man. Wes Newton has been enjoying a welcome return to form. A couple of years ago, he lost his job as accountant and his major sponsor. But the man known as Avit has been battling back and got his reward last weekend, winning a Players' Championship in Wigan. Wes, well done on a cracking weekend. Just sum up how, how good this has been for you uh, in Wigan. Firstly, yesterday with, with winning and also today, but you know, backing up, which is tough. Yeah, I mean, it's been a brilliant weekend for me. It's just, you know, to win one's great in itself. And, and I'll come here today and I, I said to myself, don't be uh, happy just to win one, like, while you're playing well, try and, you know, keep it going, try, try and win one on a double weekend, like, which there's only four players I think done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've played really well. I've, I've beat some really top players again today. And I'm just happy. I'm, I'm complete, competing with the best players in the world. And I'm beating them as well, so you know, I'm really happy. Yeah, just explain how tough it is and why it's so tough to, to back up. As you rightly said, it's, a, it's something that's really rare, guys, to win two days running. Uh, I mean, is it a mental thing? Is it a physical thing because you're tired? Or uh, did you have a glass of champagne too many last night? But Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. You know, it, it, it is a long day when you win yeah. one. It takes it out of you. And there's the mental side of it as well, where you can come in thinking, oh, I'm happy I've won one. And, yeah sort of relaxed and underestimate your opponents again but I just said to myself you know just try and do it again push yourself and you know, I played I played really well again today and I, you know, I beat some really top top players again today so I'm happy yeah sure I mean you're right so just tell us about yesterday because um, you know it's always something you like to uh, relive and just recount when you've won a tournament like this and how well did you play yesterday yeah I played really well yesterday I knew I knew from my first two games I won them both 6-0 six 6-0 nil, six nil, and you know, I was playing some good players not, not, not top ranked players but they were good players and you know, everything just seemed to be going in, and, and I said to myself, "You know, keep doing this, and you know, you won't lose many games playing like you did." And I kept it going all day, and you know, I came out on top. Yeah. And how much of a difference does it make to a player's confidence to, to win a tournament? Because you know, a lot of players come here playing well, and then you know, someone beats them, and, and it maybe is a knock. But you know, to go through and beat a field like that, uh, you know, what does it do for a player's confidence? Oh yeah, I was, I was you know, coming into this today, I was so confident, thinking, yeah. you know, I've, I've won this tournament, and the players that are here, it's you know, it's unbelievable. And, Try and try and uh, just try and do it again, like. But you know, for your confidence, it just does you, the, you know, not the world of good. You, you can't do anything wrong, like today. I just, I felt like sometimes I could have chucked them under my leg and you know got a 140. <laughs> that would have been interesting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it was really good. I'm, I'm proud. Maybe you could say that from the TV events <laughs> if we were watching. Was, um, but, but talking of TV events, obviously, I mean, this nails down your place in the, for qualification. Which I mean, it's got to be a huge uh, relief for a player, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a big relief to know that you're in it, you're in everything near enough now. So, um, you know, I've been playing really well on the floor for the last year, year or so, and I've just got to take the next step now and, and start doing it on TV more regular. Yeah, I mean, the, the UK comes up. We've seen you do well in Vegas. I, I know you'd love yeah. to do well in Blackpool, wouldn't you? It's been something that's eluded yeah. you, hasn't it? I've yeah, so frustrated you again. I've tried so hard to be in Blackpool, and I've been there three times now, and I've lost first round three times. So I think I've put too much pressure on myself yeah. now. I just going to treat it as a, an, another tournament like and you know just try and do my best yeah is it something that you, everything comes from experience doesn't it having done that a few times you maybe learnt that you need to just go in there and, and relax and as you say just pretend you're playing in, yeah. in the backyard as it were yeah just try and treat it as another tournament and not just put so much on it because it's Blackpool and you know my hometown near enough and you know I've, I've, I've waited so many years to be there and then when I finally got there and I think yeah. I tried too hard in the end really yeah, it's been, it's been a tough kind of year or so for you, hasn't it, on, on the tour, on the circuit and, and stuff. I mean, do you feel you've seen some light at the end of the tunnel now? Yeah, like, you know, I had, I had a bit of a dip a few years ago and I went from 20 in the world down to 36 or something when the, when the new system came in where it was only the top 16 qualified. But, you know, the last year and a half, I've, I've you know, I've, I've come on leaps and bounds and 
I'm getting more consistent. I'm having, I'm having some really good results every weekend. So thanks for joining us for the latest edition of On The Wire, the official podcast of the PDC. Hope you enjoyed our big-name interviews. Join us again soon for more news and views from around the world of professional darts. From myself, Rod Sturd and Rod Harrington, thanks for listening. Thank you.